The Culture Pop Podcast is brought to you by the Law Offices of Jacob M. Ronnie. Accident or injury, call Jacob M. Ronnie. Call Jacob. Hey, it's Mace. If you or a friend or loved one is injured in an accident, the first person you should call is my friend Jacob. When I did this, Jacob was great. He helped me by talking through the next steps, which really put my mind at ease. When you're injured in an accident, you got to have an expert. That's why you call Jacob, just like I did. Call Jacob, 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. Or visit calljacob.com. Call Jacob. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason, along with Sue Kalinske. Sue, morning as we record this. How you feeling? I'm feeling awake. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm feeling mostly awake. I literally chugged a pot of coffee this morning to get ready for this. Chugged a pot of coffee. Not hot coffee, though, with ice? No, I, I iced it up and okay. uh, so I could chug it. Okay. Uh, that's what I do every day. I use coffee not for the taste, Sue, but for the effect, which is what I needed this morning. So we've got a really cool show coming up. Uh, the Divorce Party Podcast, which is great, is hosted by Tom Arnold and Monica Casey, and they're going to be on here in just a couple of minutes. But in the meantime, we're talking divorces. I thought, Sue, you came up with this, the 100 most romantic movies in film history, according to Time Out. Now, are you a romantic film person? I am. You are. I am. You don't strike I, I me. Love, I, I, I like a good love story. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, they're top 10 and we're going to do ours, but they're top 10. I haven't even seen all of them. Uh, so this, their number one movie is Brief Encounter from 1945 uh, with the great Celia Johnson and Trevor Howard. Sue, summarize. <laughs> it's going to be very brief. <laughs> <laughs> I've um, never even heard of it. Yeah, me either. Number two is Casablanca, which I I totally get. Mm -hmm. uh, Sue, do you know how many times the line "Play it again, Sam" appears in the movie Casablanca? Not a one. Not a one. Thank you. Very good. Yeah, it's, he says, "Play it, Sam." Uh, in the mood for love is number three. Have not seen that. Uh, number four, A Matter of Life and Death with uh, Kim Hunter and David Niven. Haven't seen that. I'm sure they're very romantic. Number five is Annie Hall. Yeah, uh, which is yeah, that's that's an interesting, funny romance. Uh, Harold and Maud, which isn't a traditional romance, uh, but is a very funny romance. That's number six. Uh, number seven, Brokeback Mountain. Number eight, The Apartment with Jack Lemmon and Shirley MacLaine. Number nine, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, uh, which is uh, Michael Gondry's movie, Jim Carrey and Kate Wenslet. And then Punch Drunk Love, which is a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, uh, which is great, stars Adam Sandler. So that is their list but we separately put together our lists so let's alternate movies here as we go along i doubt we're gonna have a repeat because i went off the board on a few of these so and you and i are gonna have a repeat we won't have a repeat oh okay. i don't think i don't think we'll okay. find out so okay. what is uh your and these are in no particular order what's what's one for you an affair to remember never saw it one of the greatest love stories ever with Cary Grant and Deborah Carr. It was a 1957 movie, and it is a tearjerker. Is it? Ah, oh, that's nice. That's nice. Well, I'll throw you out my uh, Cary Grant movie. Uh, on a much uh, lighter note, 
uh, Cary Grant with Catherine Hepburn in Bringing Up Baby. He plays that uh, goofy paleontologist guy, and she's like, lights up his life. I, I love them. I love screwball comedies, the traditional mm-hmm. screwball comedies. Like, for example, I also have It Happened One Night on here, yep. uh, which is Frank Capra, Clark Gable, Claudine Claudette Colbert, and uh, it also won Best Picture. Uh, it's the first movie in history to win Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Actress, and uh, Best Director. Um, there have only been two other movies to do that. Do you know what they are? I don't. Okay. Number two was Silence of the Lambs, which was Jodie Foster, Anthony Hopkins, director Jonathan Demme, and Best Picture. Uh, The second one, I've completely blanked on. So we'll come back to that. Okay. Uh, What what is your, that's so ridiculous. What is your next uh, movie? The Way We Were. Uh, That is actually on my list. Oh, God. Boy, did I want them to stay together. I know. I know. Those I think I, I, you know, there's, there are certain movies that I always wanted the people to stay together because it mirrored my relationship. Right. That was not happening. That, you know, break up, go back, break up, go back. And I was like, Oh, don't, don't go with the new person. Even if the new person is really the right move, stay with the old person because that's me. Yeah. So I, I felt that. The production design, Redford was at his peak of good lookingness. Oh, God, was he so handsome. And the song, that song just <sighs> captures the, the movie in so many ways. So, yeah, the way we were is on my list. By the way, the other picture to win uh, the big four was, uh, I've blanked on it again. All right. Uh, I think you one. need more coffee. <laughs> I do need more coffee. Now it's just a running bit. All right. Lost in Translation. Bill Murray uh, is great in that, along with uh, Scarlett Johansson. It's interesting because it's not a romance in the traditional sense, but it is a very, very intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. And there's that last scene where he whispers something into her ear in the middle of Tokyo, and we are left to wonder what it is. And we never, and, and it's, it was never revealed. Never revealed. Never revealed. Love that. I love it's supposedly that. based on Scarlett, uh, I'm sorry, on Sophia Coppola, who's the director, on her relationship with Tom Berenger when they were in Tokyo shooting a, uh, well, uh, Spike Jones, who was with Sophia Coppola at that point, was out shooting a music video. And Berenger, who was doing an ad, uh, met Sophia Coppola and they built this relationship very much lost in translation. All right. So here's the, you ready for the other movie? The, the other one with the big four? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Blanked on it again. What's next? When Harry Met Sally. Very nice movie. Very oh, nice movie. Just fun. Yeah. Just great writing, great acting. Meg Ryan at her cutest. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and uh, just a great relationship with Billy Crystal. I mean, the chemistry with them was wonderful. Yeah, it really was. And I think that's Nora Ephron, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of several romantic comedies made, obviously, with those two sleepless in Seattle is is another one of those. Okay, so this one just, it makes me ache in my heart. Oh. Brokeback Mountain. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, I, you know, I remember seeing that movie. And here's the thing, you know, as a, as a gay guy and as somebody who didn't come out till he was 28 years old, I just, I know that feeling of wanting and 
aching with love uh, when it can't go any further. Um, yeah. And that movie, the at the end, the putting on of the jacket, all that's it's so moving. Ang Lee movie. Um, by the way, as a side note, it did like a hundred bajillion dollars at my theaters out in Palm Springs, as you can oh, imagine. Yes. As you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that one's that one's on my list. Summer of forty two. See, I don't know that movie. I've, oh, I've you heard have of it, but I've never seen it. it. Is that oh, Ryan O'Neill? No, it's Jennifer O'Neill. Jennifer, I knew there was an O'Neill involved <laughs> in this project. Eugene O'Neill. Yes. Um, it it was, would have been four hours long if it was Eugene. <laughs> it was a coming of age and um, just the time period. And she was so gorgeous. And the, and the young uh, teens, uh, there were three young teens. And I don't remember. Hermie was the character, the lead guy. Right. And it's just this infatuation with an older woman and it was just you know i actually i asked tom last night mm-hmm. what was your what was your favorite romantic movie and i thought he was going to say what are you talking about i don't have a favorite romantic movie right and he immediately said summer of 42 oh really yeah he said every guy um growing up that was their favorite film because she was so hot yeah and to yeah. be a teenager and have sex with a, an older woman? Oh, my God. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Okay. This is one of mine. Dirty Dancing. Oh, okay. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Come on. It gets quoted all the time. <laughs> uh, it's got the song, I've had the time. Of my, and then the, the lift where uh, Patrick Swayze lifts her up above the. And where was that? That was like. in. It the, was at like one of those like. um. Uh, you know, not, like not uh, the cats. Is like, it the Catskills? Well, it was like a bungalow colony kind of. You know, yeah, it was in the Catskills. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. By the way, four, only three movies in history have won the big four awards. I'll tell you what they are coming up. Sue, what's next for you? West Side Story, the original. The original. I thought the new one was great too, but the, the original new one was, was yeah, the new one was great. But yeah, um, I had a girl crush on Natalie Wood. Oh. And, and Richard Beamer was so handsome, and even George Shakiris. I mean, everything—the staging, the the music—and I was a kid. I was in elementary school when that came out, right? And um, that was probably my first uh, romantic film that I had seen. Yeah, I'll I'll say this: the one thing that always bothered me about that movie is that Natalie Wood didn't sing. Yeah. I, I mean, she was beautiful, just a oh. beautiful, beautiful woman. I mean, unbelievable, but. Uh, didn't sing. And so I kind of held that against the movie um, all these years. Cause you know, you, you well, all these years, all these all, years, all these <laughs> years. Yeah. Since 1950, what was it? Wow. 59 or 61. Let it go. Or Steve, like let it go. Yeah, no, I really should. I really should. Um, all right. Uh, let me see. I got one more. The notebook. One more. I thought you have 10. Oh, I didn't, I didn't do, t- I've got a few more. Uh, okay. The notebook, Ryan Gosling, Rachel McAdams. And then, the late version of their lives with James Garner and Jenna Rollins, which really, really makes the movie for me. I love the notebook. It's a little bit cheesy, but I don't mind a good, big, over the top histrionic romance movie. That was my next one. Was it? There yes. you go. And that's the first time I saw Ryan Gosling, who I fell madly in love with. And when, now, were they dating during the shoot of that I or did they don't become know a the couple after? That. More than, I didn't even realize they were a couple. Oh, they were a couple for I years. I missed that memo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Great movie, my, though. My next one after that uh, is The Apartment. 
with Jack Lemmon and um, Shirley MacLaine. Yeah. And I have seen that movie. It's very funny. I don't think of it as a romance in the traditional sense, but they certainly, you know, certainly well, do yeah, wind yeah, up yeah. together. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. My next one is Moulin Rouge. Mm, which I knew I, I knew that was going to be on your list. Uh, Boz Lerman. Uh, I love that movie. It's so good. Ewan McGregor, Nicole Kidman. And there's that scene when they're on the rooftops and they're singing the sort of montage of songs like we can be heroes. And so I love, love that, uh, that movie. It's, it's a great film holds up really well. Saw the Broadway production, uh, here in LA at the Pantages spectacular. Like if you get a chance to see the Broadway production of Moulin Rouge go, cause it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And it was a beautiful movie too. Oh, I mean, just great. aesthetically, it was great. Okay. Alice doesn't live here anymore. Martin Scorsese. Yeah, yeah this, Ellen was, Burstyn, this was Ellen Burstyn. I love Ellen Burstyn. I, I, it's a great, great film. Again, I don't think of it in traditional romantic terms, but it's there. Yeah, well, well the, the topic, you know, really wasn't traditional romantic films. It was romantic films. Romantic films, films yeah. 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 Okay. All right, I got one more here. What's up, Doc? Barbara oh, Streisand, wow. okay. Ryan O'Neill. It's that very much similar to bringing up baby i think mm -hmm. he's also a paleontologist if i'm not mistaken and she was great she was great in this and madeline khan plays mm -hmm. a supporting role and she is so friggin funny madeline khan one of the funniest actresses who ever lived no one better in a supporting role no yeah. one yeah um my last one is annie hall annie hall yeah which i think is a great quirky romantic i i think right away, what scene do you think of right away when you think of annie hall oh i <laughs> i think of the scene at the dinner table when they do the split screen of the families the oh, jewish family right and the Gentile family. right i always think of the lobsters oh yeah the lobsters and also the car ride with christopher oh, with walken Chris Dwayne. was it christopher walken Dwayne. yes <laughs> That's so funny. And then cut to, and he's it's driving. Such a funny car. pan over to Woody Allen's face. It's awesome. Oh god! All right, so and I've that been, one, and that one, best picture. Yes, it did. So okay, so I've been teasing this for a while now, Sue. I mentioned the two pictures that have won the big four: uh, best picture, best actor, best actress, and best supporting act. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, best uh, director. So I mentioned it happened one night. I mentioned Silence of the Lambs. There's one more. Do you know what it is? I really have no clue. It is One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh. Best actor, okay. actress, um, and of course, best director for Milos Forman, and it won Best Picture. And by the way, it's just an unbelievable movie. So I was at um, the what used to be Junior's Deli over in West L.A., and uh, they had a bakery section and like a, you know, takeaway section. And uh, so me and this lady arrived at the um, cash register at the same time or at the at the bin for the same time. And uh, I was technically there first, but the other person uh, that was coming to the uh, the line was Louise Fletcher. And so we both got there and the, the person behind the counter said, who is here first? And I said, Academy Award winners go first. And Aww. she was so happy about that. And she looked at me and she said, sweetheart, that was a long time ago. 
<laughs> and it was, but yeah. what a great performance. What a oh, great God, performance. she was so evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she, she, played she really it. was. She was she was locked in and committed to that role. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to throw one more thing at you here. Um, the Olympics are coming in 2028 to Los Angeles. And what's interesting about this is that baseball is coming back to the Olympics. Okay, so... Bryce Harper, for example, came out at some point during the uh, NLCS and said, you talk about growing the game. He wants major leaguers to play in 2028. You talk about growing the game, and that's the way you grow it to the highest peak. You have guys who are playing in the league. Take that break, just like in the NFL, NHL. See what happens. I think it would be really cool and a lot of fun. I don't know if they'll ever go for it, but I would love to put USA on my chest and represent it at the highest level. I know the World Baseball Classic, and everybody loves that, and it's great for the game, but it's not the Olympics. Now, do you think Major League Baseball will take a two-week break in the middle of the season to allow major leaguers to play for their respective countries at the Olympics? I do not. What a terrible miss for Major League Baseball. I mean, you think of injuries... I mean, and then taking a break. It's like you, you don't go on hiatus from wait your a minute. sport. It's the Olympics. It's playing for your country. It happens once in your lifetime, probably. Especially baseball is hardly ever in the games now. It comes and goes. But I mean, to have these guys playing for their countries the way they did in the World Baseball Classic. And I know you are still pissed off that Edwin Diaz got hurt during the World Baseball Classic. Is that correct? Well, I, 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 I've let it go, but... It was one of the reasons why I was upset that he played, you know. Right, but, right. But the Olympics are the Olympics, Sue. You I know, really don't want Major League Baseball players to play in the Olympics? Yeah, but the Olympics are not for professional athletes. Sure they are. Right? They're all professional now. Oh, they are? Okay. Yeah, they're all getting paid. Um, you think Simone Biles isn't getting rich? Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, I, I just, it just seems odd to me that they would take a break and do that i don't know i mean yeah. it just does it that just seems odd to me if you really want to grow the game if you really want it to be cool if, if you, you want really to grow want to attract, it it'll come if you uh, want to grow it it'll come it's true it, you, people will come now he says he says he's now no is, is so is that a reason is is his is his reasoning is that he thinks that more people will be into baseball if it's in the olympics yeah yeah i think so I, I think you grow, grow the game, you grow with a new generation, you make it cool, you make you put it on national TV. Okay. For, yeah, okay. For well, weeks. I want to ask you, with all these new rules that they yeah. came up with to uh -oh. No, no, no. I, okay. I you know, I I'm 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 over the pitch clock. I'm fine with it. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm over certain I'm things. glad you've let that go. I've I've totally let that go. But do you, I, I would love to know what the numbers are with all these new rules and the game being shorter now. How many more fans have jumped on the bandwagon to be baseball fans. People who never were into baseball. Do you right. know? Do you know? Well, I know that attendance at Major League Baseball games this year was up 10%. Okay. So that, I mean, that's a huge number if you think about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, 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 would, I would love for baseball to be more popular with the younger generation, you know? Um, it's not just for us, Sue. It's not just for us. It's for the kids. Yeah, it's for the kids. It's like, what's that next generation of baseball fans? And I think the Olympics, I, by the way, I agree with you. I think Major League Baseball will blow it and they'll say, no, we're not going to shut down. We're not going to. Um, and by the way, people will be really locked into baseball during those two weeks of the Olympics, won't they? Nobody's going to watch baseball. Right. Everybody's going to watch the Olympics. So I, I just think it's a, it's a golden opportunity. <laughs> and 
I, I think baseball will miss the opportunity, but maybe. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Since we're talking about baseball, did you okay. see last night's game? Uh, yes. Game? Okay. Yes, I did. Okay. So ninth inning, I believe it was the ninth inning. Was it the ninth inning? Yes. Um, Moreno. Keep in mind, this is going to run in two weeks, but go ahead. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, it's the uh, third game of the World Series. Okay. okay. Got it. And, and uh, it's the top of the ninth and uh, Gabriel Moreno is at the plate and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he he could be a little spotty, but he he most oh, of the no, time. Oh no, I gets, like he, Gabriel Moreno. He gets, he gets yeah. the bat on the ball. He gets yeah. the bat on the ball. So it's uh it's uh three two. Yep. And uh, no Rangers it, winning. Yeah, no Rangers won, but there was a pitch that was so f- far out of the strike zone, mm-hmm. and it was called a ball. No, it no it was it was it was a ball that was called a strike. Okay, got so it. it's three two now. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, you gotta be kidding me. It should have, he should have walked. Right. Right. And then he grounded out the next. Right. Hit. Right. So who knows what would have happened? Would it have affected the game? If he got on base, it was three one at that point. Yeah. We'll never know. But you see the overhead camera and you see it was not a smidge, right. Right. A smidge off. It was really out of the strike zone. Okay. Now, I know that they've been talking about these robo umps. Yeah, Quest Tech is this uh, um, automated balls and strikes machine, right? And I have been very against that. I know they Uh-oh. do it in the mi- they do it in the minor leagues. They right? do. They've been testing it in the okay. minor leagues for a couple of years. And I know that you can't review balls and strikes, right? But I think in the postseason, especially in the World Series. When a call is so egregious, because you can see how uh, that call was was so blown. Sure. Do you think that that should change in the World Series and the postseason when the games are so crucial? Well, Sue, you're going to hate this, but I'm in favor of robotics all the time. Well, okay. Uh, well, I I I am more. I'm leaning more towards it because more and more every year. It gets worse. Yeah, it does. And You're these right. Blown calls. It's just, I mean, and at it critical can, it moments. Can, yeah, absolutely. Plus, so. here's here's where I've got an issue. Everybody, every umpire has a different strike zone. Right. Why not have a uniform strike zone for everybody to know and understand? And when they step to the plate, they know what a strike is. They know that this guy's not got a. A uh, he he doesn't call a low strike zone. He doesn't call a high strike zone. It's just the strike zone. The strike zone. Yes, yeah. yes. It's it's like it's like this is what I hate, and I know this is a crazy analogy, but okay. like when I go to Arco by my house, yeah, the yeah. gas is cheaper at that Arco than it is at a gas station that is like you know five minutes from my house, and I I it just bothers me so much yeah, yeah. that these gas stations can make their own prices when, you know what I mean? It's like some arc, you know, like some like shell stations, it's like six fifty right. a gallon. Right. It's just, it just seems so unfair. Okay. So, so the gas prices, I agree too high. The strike calls, I agree many bad ones. <laughs> so I am in favor of robot ops. I don't know what you want to do about gas. Well, well, it's it, it, well, it 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 should be you know a law that they can't go up you know above a certain price 
you know, you know, more expensive neighborhoods. Yeah. Gas yeah. is, you know, during the height of the pandemic, gas was like $8 a gallon in some places. It's like, who the hell do you think you are doing that? Well, I mean, we have this system called capitalism. <laughs> um, and capitalism allows you to charge whatever you want for your products. And it's then the, the public same company, <laughs> too. It's, it's, it's Arco. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, there ought to be a law. <laughs> I'm turning into a crazy woman. <laughs> <laughs> Ranting about a call in the ninth inning of Game 3 of the World You'll Series. You'll see me outside of Arco. <laughs> <laughs> Out of Darko. Ticket signs. All right. Uh, here we go. Our guests today are the co-hosts of the very entertaining and um, pretty emotional Divorce Party podcast. Uh, they met while they were both picking up their kids at school. Both very successful actors, Monica Casey and Tom Arnold are here to talk about their show. Uh, Tom, Monica, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you guys hey, very much. We're very excited. Monica had to come over to my house today to do this. That's a nice thing. Her house is so much nicer. You know? <laughs> yeah. Soundproof <laughs> rooms. Well, I do. I do have a little bit of a room here, but it's great to be with you guys. We're big fans. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. So this is interesting because Sue is married and I think no divorces, right, Sue? No divorces. Uh, I am not, not that married. I know of. I'm not married, but I've been with my partner for 17 years. So we've never even been to a divorce party before. I didn't even realize this was a concept, except Monica, my partner, Juan, was actually at your divorce party. So I've got his report of it. Tell me your report. So Juan and I are very close and he was basically my cabana boy for the evening nice. of my divorce party, which means, so I threw my divorce party at um, Tiki No on Lancashire in North Hollywood and it was karaoke and pina coladas and he had to just make sure that I didn't hurt myself oh. or anyone else. And uh, yeah, he, he had to. But you vomited. I did. And then you made out with a stranger. Was that the order of it? <laughs> you vomited for Because men don't care. Yeah, men will make it. No. Somebody beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. I don't care what's wrong. I'm sure there yeah. were some people circling the bowl at the end of yeah. the night. Um, but yeah, he did have to escort me home in my Uber nice. and tell the Uber to pull over a few times yeah. and uh, walk me to my front door. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's, that is my understanding of the story. So, Tom, before doing this, had you ever heard of a divorce party? No, I had not. And Monica and I met in the parking lot of our kids' school. And uh, that's where you make all your... You know, because because I haven't had a date in six and a half years, but if I did, it would have to be somebody probably with kid. kid. People are like, "Why don't you date someone at your own age?" And I say, "Have you seen people my age?" We're disgusted. Sixty-four-year-old <laughs> goes, "You know what I'm looking for? A guy with not much money and a ten-year-old and a seven-year-old and a single dad." <laughs> and I, she's great, mom. And uh, she was going through a divorce at the time, and. We both had uh, that Jeff Lewis thing, and yeah. I heard she said something nice about me on the radio. And so we met and had a lunch, and we really talked about because uh, at the time her 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 divorce was also sort of yeah. public and, and very. And uh, she's come around the corner since then. But then we started talking about how she was the first person in her group to get a divorce, and how and I I said well. And, and people acted funny around her. I said because they don't want the stink of divorce on them. They think that's. <laughs> their match 
And so, uh, yeah. but then she had the divorce party and- uh, Tom was just like, you did what? That yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah. So eventually I'm going to throw Tom a divorce party. Yeah, eventually. So that we can kick off. Well, it's like I'm moving on. Yeah. Because you get marriage, you're all in, you know? And, and like I say, I've been married four times. They failed. But I have married four couples. I have performed the ceremony. They're all still together. So I, I good, but it's about it's like a bar mitzvah or bar mitzvah around here. Yeah, it's a new rite of passage Bam. for you know maybe not so much middle aged people, but a lot of people. Yeah. And I took my best friend to Vegas recently to do hers, and we were it, worried at first that we'd get negative attention because yeah. we had sashes that said all this stuff, and but people were high fiving us, and women were giving hugs going oh my god i just went through it and guys thought it was cool too i mean and your buddy uh your who's very i really enjoyed her she got up and they went to the, the uh, show oh, uh, magic mike magic mike and he and she got a magic bike uh lap dance and yeah. or gave magic bike one she's a she's amazing she's a pilot yeah yeah. So, so, so you said that there were things uh written on sashes uh what what was on the sashes that people may have taken offense to so the ex-wife, my friend Kelly, got um, divorced that fucker. Uh, and okay. then one of the girls <laughs> had a car. One said, Jesus. I packed his bags. And then mine said, I planned this. And she had uh, like a crown that said DTF, which from Jersey Shore means down to fuck. But, oh, well, yeah, but, yes. By the way, aside from Jersey Shore, I, I even know that. I, yeah. But so this one really meant divorced that fucker yeah that's amazing it's amazing and and because i think they did think people will be in vegas with their other honeymoon or something they would shave uh, them showers yeah especially at yeah that so would you know the bridal shower where they wear the giant penis yeah. on their head and we kept getting pulled up on stage and yeah. getting all this attention and i was like are we gonna get beat up by all the bridal showers when we're trying to walk out of here but you know what? a lot of people uh, you know get divorced and uh we had an attorney on yesterday he said you got to decide what is broken in your life that only marriage will fit? Only the fix. ceremony of uh, marriage will fix. And, uh, uh, you know. There's it, really no answer. <laughs> there's, there's, and there might be for somebody. Maybe yeah. it's a religious thing. Maybe they right. can't have sex till they get married. Maybe yeah. there's something like, you know. And, and so, but since so many marriages don't work out, I think it was 60 some percent plus yeah. the people that live unhappily because of the kids or whatever. So it's at least eighty percent. Uh, so it and, and marriage is the best game in town, I think. It's it you, when you get married, you get the right person, someone that loves you, respects you. You know, uh, uh, you know, it's good. I have kids. That's that's. I always wanted a family, and and no, so that do. was helpful. Yeah, yeah. No, one no, of the no. things I, I was going to jump in here, Sue. I, one of the things I'm interested in is uh, you talk a lot with uh with people who have experienced divorce people who have gone through divorce uh and people some have had divorce parties some have not um but you're kind of creating a space for people to talk about this and they talk about really intimate stuff on your show which i i, I think is is a credit to you and your ability to sort of create that safe space for them thanks yeah i mean i feel like each episode is uh we we kind of started off with a sort of uh, syllabus of questions that we were going to ask people. But I think every episode, we just start talking with people kind of like 
we did with you at the beginning and we just sort of organically see where it goes and what they want to share. And it's different every time. It could just be a certain aspect of the divorce. But it's also helpful that we're so honest about yeah. our we share feelings, openly. our thing, and, and especially me. <laughs> and uh, uh, because they're like, oh, no, this is a plate, safe place. But I am really surprised at how honest some of the, the women that, that you do have been. And, and, and uh, they're sharing story, you know, these stories. And, and even though they have moved on and, the, and they're trying to co-parent with whoever, they'll still sh share stories. And then we had last week a guy from Slipknot. Do you know what Slipknot is? I don't. And the band, right? Dress up like clouds. And they, yeah. They're great. But Corey that Taylor. Guy, Corey Taylor, he's very, you know, badass in that world. But he shared about his uh, four to eight-year toxic marriage, like specifics, this, 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 and how he realized it, and then how he it took him a while to get out of it and just yeah. start over and, and start rebuilding his, his self-esteem. He got a new, uh, uh, he's married to a new person who's completely different. But, uh, you know, people, be, be honest, that's why we have therapists and, and yeah. uh, attorneys and this and that and Divorce coaches, which, yeah. by the way, I never even heard that term when I was going through mine. Yeah. So, yeah. What does a yeah, divorce the, coach do? I tell you the best couple. We had a couple, that the, the gay couple that uh, have the fashion. Paul and Patrick. I mean, it was so inspiring because the way they have stuck together and one filled in what the other one didn't have it. They had, Their daughter just is in medical school. I mean, you talk about a, you talk about a home run. And these guys, and they talked how they go in court. The one guy was more assertive. Yeah. And that made a deal with the judge, and I love him. Yeah. I said, you need somebody that has your back like that. Yeah. That's what that's what marriage in yeah. the best case should but, be. Well, you're saying a divorce coach. I mean, a divorce coach is a lot like a life coach. And basically, they sit down with you and say, what do you want your life to look like, you know, three, five years from now? What if you could have the dream scenario mm -hmm. of your co-parenting experience or your life, you know, if you don't have kids without, and they really just, I think, kind of keep people accountable and help them regulate their emotions when they're dealing with lawyers and, yeah. and all the things that come up when you're yeah. going through it with someone. Well, you know, I have a girlfriend who was married for, I don't know, maybe 15 years or something, and they had three kids together. And, you know, they were, they were very um, red flags, you know, very early on. And a, a girlfriend of mine has such a great uh, take on that. She said, women see red flags and make them pink. Uh, that's great. That's <laughs> and great. so they were such red flags. Anyway, they had a really volatile relationship on and off for years. And, and he, all he wanted to do was make her life miserable. And I find that the court system, because she had a lot of issues getting divorced, they wouldn't grant a divorce. Because they, the court believes that um, we don't want to do something so quickly because we think that maybe people are going to reconcile. So we don't want to allow it. And it was so glaring that they're like, he was physical with her. It was a really, really toxic, toxic relationship. And, uh, you know, and, and I'm making a joke about it, but like, sometimes it seems like it's uh, getting a divorce is like, you know, getting out of a timeshare. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's almost that bad. In California, yeah. you know, they have a six month cooling off period. So you can file, but then you have to wait six yeah. months before it even gets to the judge. Well, the, the, the court system, the, the family court system, like the, the regular civil court or legal court system, at least they have things like drug court where they show compassion and it's a system throughout the whole country. I participated in that. And you'll see law enforcement, judges, and uh, people like me, all on the same page. Which is, so they have this network of, and then they don't have that with the family court system. They're sort of individual operators. They always say, are, you know, when there's kids involved, let's make it about the kids, which is the right thing to do. But, uh, but sometimes, like one of her friends, uh, uh, she broke up, finally had the courage to break up with this maniac. And then he showed up at her house covered in blood. And said, please take me back. And, and she had considered it. It's like, wow. wow. Yeah, I know. That's that's a tough one to to see somebody who just can't quit it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, well, you know, it's funny, though. I think that people are much... One of the reasons why I think the divorce rate has gone up is that people are much less likely to leave, much more likely to leave a bad relationship. Like... When I was growing up, my mom and dad should have been divorced multiple, multiple times. My dad, hardcore drinking guy, uh, verbally, I mean, really, really tough. But my mom felt like she had nowhere to go. Uh, she had three kids and she didn't have a job or she didn't go to college, any of that stuff. So she felt like she had to stay. I don't think people are willing to stay anymore. People are much less, much more willing to say, that's it. This isn't working. And there's also opportunities. I did a, uh, uh, a uh, domestic abuse shelter, big organization in Illinois last week, a fundraiser. But I also met the attorney that works pro bono. And is because a lot of people like, I can't afford to get, you know, I don't right, know how like this works. The average works. cost of you, a divorce yeah. in California is like $17,000. Yeah, wow. but, but I think that now there's opportunities where there's hope and, and uh, there's not enough for people that are in abusive relationships. But oh, but uh, but there are some opportunities, and but, but at the end of the day, if you got kids, you got to just throw down and say yeah. we're leaving. We're not going to get the house. We're going to get some candles. Really go lay on the floor at this bed B and B. Is it what's called Airbnb. Airbnb? I really so liked what your sister said. Tom's sister was on the podcast, and I asked her if she had any advice because she had been in abusive relationships and had a son. And I asked her, you know, if there's anyone listening that you know you think you could give advice or help, and she said get out like you know forget your pride mm -hmm. there's always someone that loves you and cares about you ask someone tell a friend you know go stay somewhere safe yeah my sister's been in federal prison twice for long periods of time so that was a uh, uh, really you know but her, her one husband tried to murder her with that got arrested by police tried to shoot at her when she was older yeah. baby so uh but she bailed him out of jail which is <laughs> pink flags. Yeah, pink she flags. bailed him out of jail. Wow. Yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, first of all, Tom, do you go, I, I won't say it this way. I'll say, did you go into each of your marriages with the same level of optimism? I did. You know, my first marriage was to a uh, uh, pseudos, to a comedian who I met when I was 23. She was older than me, but uh, she was so different. She was so uh, I come from a meatpacking plant, and uh, there's a woman talking about feminism, and, and she was a mom, and she was a great mom. And so we were friends for a long time where we'd party him up, going around to shows. But but then uh, I came out to write on her show in 1988, 
And, uh, and then with, I, I brought my fiance for the Midwest. That did not work out. But <laughs> I, actually, we ended up uh, uh, together. And, and in 1989, uh, she said, uh, hey, nobody likes either one of us. We should get married, which it made complete sense to me. But, you know, you went into it. This is for, I, you don't know any better. You deal with this stuff. I have stuff. She has stuff. The kids, the teenage kids have stuff. And uh, you go. And I, But I think at a certain point, I could tell that both of us had tried everything. It got to, it went from being fun to being, and, and we were waiting for the other one to file for divorce so they'd be the bad guy. And, uh, 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 you know, that great, that, that time is a dangerous time when you're like, because part of me was always like, I know how to get them to leave. I will use drugs and drink and then they'll leave me and it'll be poor me and I'll just get sober again, whatever. Uh, so I had to be uh, careful about that. And, and, uh, then the next one, you know, a, a wide eyed and bushy tail, right. I never dated. That's a huge mistake. I should have, but I met a 21 year old blonde from the still lived at home with her mom at college in Michigan. I go, that's it. Cause that's it. That's the opposite of what I had. That'll work. Did it. And then I did it two more times, but I have to say, I was looking for unconditional love. Now in, in marriage, sometimes in your vows, you say, I will love you unconditionally, but that's bullshit. You know, there should, there's conditions as there should be. You don't break the big rules. You don't, whatever. But the moment that my, uh, First child was born. I looked at him and went, oh, that's it. And that's too much to project onto a woman or a partner. That unconditional love both ways. That seems to be the thing I was looking for. It has a lot to do with my childhood. There's a documentary series called The Queen of Meth about my sister. She was the biggest drug dealer in America. But it goes back in our childhood. And, uh, and that made sense to me. And so uh, I've also, each marriage... After it, you know, first you try to, like, I can only remember good things mm. with Rose or Julie or Shelby. I'm trying to get there, the last one. Um, but, you know, you go, what What was my deal? Because you could get divorced three times and, and still go, yeah, those crazy bitches. But you get divorced four times, you go, oh, it's me. And so you say, what, 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 was, what was going on with me when we decided to do this? And what was my insecurities? And it's a lot of insecurities. And, um, but, but, you know, you, you do your best for as long as you can, usually about four years. And, uh, you know, but you got to get out. And it can be, <laughs> it's not just men abusing women. You know, the, the uh, emotional abuse, the whatever, the, the, the threats, the this, the that. And so you hopefully, uh, and everybody says shitty stuff once in a while. You say, you yell or say, but if you, it's a pattern and then you go back over, you go, oh, no, that was always there. That was always there. And I, I was insecure and I'm scrambling, trying to make a, you know, but then, so then you reboot in case you ever have another relationship. That's what I think. I certainly learned a lot. And therapy, you've done a lot, a lot of therapy. therapy. Still do. I have a, a support, you know, I'm 12 step. Yeah, I have a major support group of guys, a meeting I started 30 years ago at hmm. my house. And, and just in general. You know, and being of service when we can, you know, except when, you know, except it's a fundraiser, like Sue was talking about, where Roseanne and I ruined yeah. everybody's lives. <laughs> so, so you have been married four times, you divorced four times. Would you get married again? Well, I would say no, but uh, Jim Cameron, who's a buddy of mine, has been married five times. And after my fourth, I'm like, dude, that's, 
I'd never do it. If, if people, if I did that, it got married yet people would make so much fun of me. And people, people think I'm crazy. He goes, no, no, you write the end of your story, mm. not those. You, you decide. So his fifth marriage is wonderful, and I, I don't know. Again, when you have little kids and you're every day, when the first thing is them, uh, uh, you know. But I think it would be good to show them that I could be in a loving relationship with somebody. You know, they have never seen their mom and I hug. They, uh, you know, uh, the daughter, my daughter came after just kind of a miracle of science thing. Uh, but, you know, I think that's important to do, to do that. And sometimes you'll see movies and it's really, my daughter said, but it bothered her a lot at first when I kiss a woman or do something. But now she's like, I think, daddy, I think you should have a date. And they, they look at, 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 uh, parking lot sometimes and uh, there are some moms that just killing it they got kids in two different schools and they're killing it and and uh so we'll see what happens i'm slowly i started talking to somebody out of town that's my first thing <laughs> you know talk and you know let's see what happens well Monica, I mean, how about, do you go how, on do you go on dating sites no dates yet but i met her uh, at one of those comic cons in tampa and then she changed gave me her number and i um, should I call you? I don't want to be a weirdo. But then I did. I, I was filming a movie down there. We hoped to get together, but I was on a boat. So, and then I texted her, and then we had a FaceTime, which was good. And she's younger than me, obviously. And she has a six year old, a three year old, single, has her own business, a four by four. But she's also, uh, I'm not used to, like, she, you know, I she's think maybe more formal. Yeah. Than used to. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, uh, which uh, I think is good for you right now. Yeah, it, well, I think it's what normal people do. Normal people don't withhold, and uh, and uh, so it, you know she, we've changed pictures of our kids many times. But then once in a while she'll send me another kind of picture. I'm like, that's uh, I'm I, I'm gonna, you know, because you also as a celebrity you don't want to or whoever yeah. as a man mm -hmm. you want to be weirding out on people. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I can we don't see need her to get confidence. canceled yet, Tom. Yeah, yeah I know. Hold off. Hold off. Hey, Monica, how about for you coming through this this process? You've been through a divorce. You're now back in the single pool. What? How has this process been for you? I learned. It's funny. We had this really great lawyer, James Sexton, yesterday, and, and he said something that is totally I identify with. I've learned so much about myself and what I want, what I don't want, what I like. You just you learn a lot about who you are because sometimes when we're younger, we wrap up so much of who we are in another person or we have that old statement like you complete me like gross, you know. Um, so I I don't personally think that mar you need marriage anymore in this modern world. Kind of like what you're saying about our, about our grandparents, you know, the world was smaller back then. A lot of women didn't work and you cooked all day and you cleaned all day. And yeah, there was really nowhere else. You hooked up with a guy since your divorce, right? Yeah, you were telling me that. I've had <laughs> my fun. Yeah, but um, but I think that's good. <laughs> I just yeah, I don't really. I I love the idea of being with someone a couple of times a week, mm. and that's enough. And you mm. have your place, and they have theirs. I don't mm. agree with, in my personal opinion, like people that sort of like co-merge, like Brady Bunch style mm. with their families. Like you know, you can wait till your kids go off out of the house. I don't know. So I really love. I guess what I'm saying is, just I enjoy my independence. I have a really great group of friends and, and all of my artistic 
projects and all of that. And I don't, I don't, it just doesn't make sense. Right. I would, I would do play dates. If I met somebody, and I do judge people like, well, what are the kids saying? What are they, well, just to go, you know, have that going on. Uh, it seems like it'd be helpful. It's not a, a deal breaker or anything. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but, but, you know, also on my self-esteem as well, you know, my life is, yeah, you get divorced four times and you have a six and a half year custody thing, battle. Your life becomes, the kids and I have downsized a lot. We never used, we have a cute little place that we rent now from our, and once in a while we'll drive by yeah. the Beverly Hills house. Too, you know, but, I had a very different life than I did, but we were saying how as long long as you have your home and your home is with your kids and yeah. you're happy and you and also, good energy. And also, when I first became a single dad, I, I, I was a little nervous. Could I do all the, you know, since the kids are born, I've done kids. everything. And then you, at one point you go, I, I know I can do it. I can do all of this. I can, I can do it and I can get better at it. And, uh, and the kids know it. And, uh, you know, so it's, uh, it's exciting, but I do think you get a little lazier about, you get more comfortable. Okay, I live alone. Just got the kids. Don't I can take my shirt off? <laughs> they they won't be disgusted too bad, you know. And you do start getting well. This is you know, and and I'll be sixty five in 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 March, and I try not to think, well, how old would I be with this happen? Because yeah, you know, yeah. I'm young, sixty four and a half. But you do get it, being by yourself does. Yeah, you know, it's a nice. comfortable. Yeah. 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 So yeah. so do you think you'll get married again, Monica, or you don't think so? I don't think so. A lot of people, let me tell you what happens. They say that and then they meet somebody. Mm -hmm. When you say we aren't able to have kids, we've tried in vitro, we're it we're giving up, and then they get pregnant. Well, and the kids the thing, pressure is off. The kids thing is so interesting because I feel like I don't know about you, but I have a lot of friends that we're in that phase of life where they're like, I just really want kids. And the first person they met that also was like, oh, I want kids yeah. too. Then they get married thinking, well, that's what you do and have the kids. And then they realize they do not like each other at all. And now they have these kids and now they have to co-parent for the sake of these children. I'm sort of like an advocate to all my single girlfriends that really want kids. And like, just save up your money and buy some sperm. Then yeah. you get to do it on your own. Nobody else has a say. You know, it really. I give you mine, but it's so low. <laughs> I have a so terrible material. <laughs> it's like eight. Yeah, it's like it maybe. I, I know you gotta you gotta cut it with something. Yeah, you do. You do. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you were saying that you know some, some people say. I, at first, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sue. But uh, before I uh, tried to babysit each of my wives, a blessing. I said, I'm not gonna. Let's not do IVF. I said. uh, you know, uh, let's get a sperm donor or let's uh, adopt because, you know, the DNA of my family, that's not worth fighting for. And it was my issue. And I lived next door to Shaquille O'Neal the whole time he played for the league. And what a nice guy he was. And he made beautiful kids. And, you know, in Iowa, the farm growing up, you wanted to borrow a cup of sugar from your neighbor. You'd take it, go over to your neighbor. Hey, neighbor, can I borrow a cup of sugar? And they'd be like, hell yes. And I had those little cups through fertility clinic. And I see Shaq out there on a cold <laughs> They when am I get a sack up and go get a cup of shack? How about how happy would I be? Have a seven tall black sun right now. Oh I mean, happy as Jew in there for sure. 
But you know, a lot, there are people that say, you know, I'll, I'll never get married or I'll never get married again. And, and wh- what it really comes down to, I, I believe, because I've been in a lot of fractured relationships, it just wasn't the right person. I mean, you know, um, I, you know, I was talking to, you know, before we went on, on, on the record here about my relationship with Kenny Ober and I was with him on and off for 16 years. And I, you know, he was somebody who, he was different than anybody I'd ever been with. He was Jewish. I'm Jewish. It was like, okay, that's great. He was a comedian. I was a comedian. It's like, he knows me better than, than any guy will ever know me because we're comics together. So he knows exactly how I feel in a way that no guy will ever know the way I feel. And because he was so funny and so charming, he had so many issues, but again, pink flags. Um, I always thought that I wanted to keep the relationship together because I wanted to win because I had put so much time in the relationship. Mm. And my fear was that I have made a lot of strides and he's made some strides strides in himself. And what's going to happen is we're going to split up and he's going to have a great relationship with the new person. And that was, that was my fear. They're going to get, they're going to get everything that I wanted. And that never happened in therapy and I'll never forget my fabulous therapist saying to me Monica honey no one ever gets a better deal than you got they're yeah. going to get the same thing you got if not worse. but their expectations are less yeah like a couple of our friends really started at the bottom with their husbands <laughs> they brought rose them up and patient stayed home with the kids while they're out getting their career whatever yeah. and then they divorce them and then the next person is a much younger version of them but but much simpler. The woman is like, well, whatever, and and uh, they're frustrated. But you know, you can see that uh, that does happen. In a, there's a lot of guys are dumb. But I get what you're saying about you feel like you just want to win. You yeah, put in all of this time and right, right, right. And and one thing that I've said, I've said it to myself, and I've also said it to friends of mine who were in similar situations where they split up from their husband, and their husband actually did find somebody else. And had a, a a relationship that was, you know, really sweet and different than what they had with my friend. And I said to my friend, what you have to remember is that he wasn't good with you. Right. Hmm. So regardless of how he is with this other person, he wasn't this way with you. So yeah. it didn't work with you, you know, and maybe some of the things that that you didn't like about him works for this person, you yeah. know said before you know sometimes you can just bring out the worst in each other yeah you really what maybe you just have chemistry in bed but everything else is terrible yeah 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 i don't even have that but uh uh, yeah basically so you you should not be in a a relationship where somebody hates you i know and i can tell you for one of my marriages the fourth one that uh, i was like one of the reasons i like her is because she has such a biting sense of humor i mean she will say just all this stuff about me she has courage and then after about three months i realized oh no she has no sense of humor she genuinely just straight up hates me and then you're like well let's work through this and you spend a couple couple three four years doing that that yeah that's another reason being alone because there's nobody here hating on me there's nobody here that i have to you know, be anything different, you know, and uh, so it's, it is refreshing and that, that, you know, it'll take some time. And by the way, Sue, Amnesty International was that charity that, that you went to, where Rosanna and I were 
a-holes and left early. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. And for Amnesty International. <laughs> That's like you'd have to make a wish foundation. <laughs> well, uh, well, listen, guys, this has been great. I love the show. I, I, I had not been aware of it, but I tuned in. And uh, I find it to be really funny and loose and entertaining, but also really compelling and moving and emotional. Uh, that's a credit to you guys. Your show kind of does it all. So, so congratulations. I'm trying to make it. I just, I want to be a better parent. I want to learn how to, uh, you know, you, you have to answer next time. That, that's true. But you got to, you how to disengage from stuff, but how to, what can I learn from this experience of people sharing their experience, you know, and I've certainly figured th a lot of things out for myself by selfishly listening to people. And, uh, but we'll, we'll keep doing it. Are you having fun, Monica? I'm having a blast. I'm it's it's terrific. It's terrific. Uh, the show is called Divorce Party. It is available on Apple, Spotify, uh, and I'm sure all the other platforms that exist out there. I can never remember. I'm supposed to say them all, but I don't remember them all. SoundCloud. My daughter is seven and she pays my nails. I just realized I was flagging. Okay, what is that? Okay, just to explain it. Yeah, you're rocking the aquamarine today, Tom. Partly aquamarine. Yes, exactly. Hey, guys, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. Have a good one. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, too. And there you have it, Tom and Monica. Boy, that Tom's a card, isn't he? Oh, my God. He'll just say anything. That's what I love about him. Yeah. He's and a Monica, by the way, Monica, by the way, is on the Jeff Lewis uh, radio show on Sirius every week. And she's also very, very funny. If you have not checked out the show, Divorce Party, it's available wherever you get your podcast. Sue, we're going to be sitting here in five years and you will still be with Tom and I will still be with Juan. That's, I bet all the money in the world. Yep, I, I will bet the ranch on that. Uh, hey, don't forget, you can subscribe to the Culture Pop Podcast on YouTube. Just subscribe to the channel. Uh, you can look at the pictures. If you just want to listen, Apple, Spotify, or SteveMason.com. And uh, we have gotten so many people, Sue, who have uh, made comments on, on uh, YouTube and on uh, Apple and Spotify and given us five-star ratings and all that kind of stuff. And we've sent out a lot of Culture Pop podcast t-shirts. So if you want your very own Culture Pop podcast t-shirt, uh, make, a, make a post. It helps us with the algorithm. Make a comment, make a post, make a, uh, uh, a five-star reviews help, all that stuff. Um, and then uh, email us, maceandsue at gmail.com and we will send you off your very own Culture Pop Podcast t-shirt. Sue, I've got thousands of them, so many, many people can comment and post. Okay. I want or, to see someone put together an interpretive dance. An interpretive dance is a very good idea. Um, hey, everybody, thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, we will see everybody next time on the Culture Pop Podcast. <laughs>